Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete, where we interview badass, high-performing individuals to learn more about their competitive spirit and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. Everybody, uh, we are here at Road Atlanta, and I'm here with Stephanie Anderson, who is uh, one of the folks that I've been racing with and against uh, last couple of years in B Spec Racing and SCCA. And she's here racing this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I caught up with her in the paddock and asked her if she wanted to share some of her story with us. Uh, you know, the ups and the downs, and what has she done, and where does she want to go? And uh, Stephanie, thank you for, for being here. Of course. And um, I'm just going to kind of let you take it and sure. maybe just uh, take us on a journey of, you know, how this all started for you. Mm-hmm. And, and as you know, the, the, the theme of this is the competitive spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know too many racers who don't have that competitive <laughs> spirit. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe it started before you race. So what can you tell us? Sure. Well, I started racing about 14 years ago. Um, I worked full-time as an R&D chemist. I had a very high-stress job, and racing was like my outlet. And I ended up quitting that job after 15 years because I found that racing was just more my passion. And pretty much every day I worked, and all I thought about was racing and just taking vacation time to go to the next race. So that's when I kind of quit that, you know, high-stress job and moved to Texas and decided to kind of focus more on racing. So exactly how did you start? Because there's a lot of people who are interested, but they don't know where to start. So I had a bunch of friends. Luckily, I had a group of friends that already were involved in racing because I feel like it is hard to take that first step of like knowing what to do, you know, who to talk to, what competition schools to go to and stuff like that. Um, I did have a group of friends who were in it already, so I was kind of already at the track and a spectator and a corner worker and a race staffer, and I helped and volunteered, and then I went through driver school. So, so what form of racing... Did you start off with, is it the same form of racing you're in now? So I started in Spec Miata, um, just because that's what all my friends were doing, and it was just incredible. I mean, big fields, you know, lots of competition. I didn't necessarily want to be in a car just to just to be there. You know, I wanted to get better as a driver, so I bought a Spec Miata and went through driver school in it, and actually in 2014, I have a regional championship. Wow. Yeah. So let me ask, so you... You went from this one job that you ended, and you went into racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out that you know, for racing for me is not a way to make money. <laughs> it is the way that I spend money. Right, right. So how did you how did you do that? So I didn't fully give up working to go racing, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but definitely I moved to Texas to kind of focus on my racing. I figured it's warmer climates. I'm closer to a lot of tracks. I can race more year round. Um, I still worked. I ended up being a process engineer down in you know down in Austin. And did that for a couple of years, and then did finally quit to go work full time at X Factor Racing. Okay, and and tell us a little bit about X Factor. Sure. So X Factor, as a lot of people know, builds um, spec Miata engines and really any kind of engine, but that's where they're most popular. Um, you know, they probably have. We're in many many cars. Probably half the field, I imagine, run X Factor engines. So okay, yeah. and and the, the spec Miatas, right? The spec Miata, yeah. Um, and you guys are you guys are based out of Dallas. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, and, but you you write you race a B spec car. I do. So yeah. 
a few years ago, I guess it was 2016 or so, um, I had a Mazda 2 as a streetcar, and I was starting to learn more about Pirelli World Challenge, and they had the TCB class. And I was like, wow, for like a couple thousand dollars, I could race my streetcar. So I started gutting my streetcar, and I'm still driving it to work, completely gutted, and had a friend weld in a cage, and then started putting in, you know, the performance parts, and raced it, and then I had to retire to the streetcar, so. Uh, now, is, yeah. that, is that the same car you're racing in now? Uh, it's actually not. So uh, I've sent that car up back up to Wisconsin where I'm from, and that's up there. It's going to stay up there as like a rental car and oh. a backup car for me. Um, at the runoffs this past year, we ended up actually building the replacement car in one week at the runoffs. So oh, wow. that car was getting a little old. Um, it had been through quite a bit of crashes, so it wasn't necessarily the fastest car. So we figured, we figured you know, a brand new chassis brand new engine, crate motor, we just wanted to start fresh and give me a good chance for the runoffs. So, so how did the runoffs go for you? Uh, it went pretty well. Um, I ended up having a couple little issues with the car that we just kept finding all weekend. I mean, that's just the, the learning of going through a new build, you know. So I was having a slipping clutch and halfway through the session I was just falling back and falling back. But otherwise, the car ran really well and, you know, it was good. So it made the weekend and we took it back home, uh, fixed it up for the next race, and I came back here at Road Atlanta to do the ARC, and, and I won. Oh, I'm sorry, I podiumed. Um, I took it to Turkey, tried to Sebring, and I won that. So, okay, yeah. awesome. So yeah. it's been quick. It's been a quick car since the runoffs. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about, mm -hmm. you, you did the Spec Miata, have mm -hmm. done the Spec. Mm -hmm. Anything else besides those two? No, just those two classes. That's been it. So t yeah. tell me a little bit about the differences that for, for okay. somebody else yeah. listening. So they're quite a bit different. Yeah. Um, definitely different animals. I mean, front-wheel drive versus rear-wheel, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, um, both highly competitive classes. Even though the B-Spec is a smaller class, you know, it's mm -hmm. competitive. Um, it's harder to race the B-Spec than the SM, for sure. Um, I know neither one are high-horsepower cars. But in the Spec Miata, if everybody's the same, you can bump, you can bump through corners, you know, and you can easily get around and pass. The B-Spec's kind of different, and, like, you really have to have a lot of run on somebody to get around. Like, you have to qualify well. It's super hard to pass, but it's good because, you know, if you pass somebody, they might take it back in the next corner right away. So it's really good close racing in mm -hmm. B-Spec. I mean, Spec Miata's is kind of similar, but it's harder to race B-Spec, I think, so... And is it is it just because of the difficulty in passing, or is it also? I I get the impression that you know Miatas are good for racing, mm -hmm. and then you know B spec cars are good for going to houses and cleaning right. homes, right? right? right. Not yeah. for racing. No, no, they're little hatchbacks. They're like grocery getter cars. They're commuter cars. Yeah. Um, on the racetrack, though, I mean they handle pretty well. You know, we've got them dialed in. I. I've overlapped my data with Spec Miata data in a lot of corners. I'm as fast, if not faster, than Spec Miatas at some tracks and mm -hmm. some corners. So we get a lot of good cornering speed. Um, it's front-wheel drive. It's got a straight beam rear. I mean, so it's not handling anywhere near the same. You know, I yeah. can't take the corners like I can in the Spec Miata for yeah. sure. Yeah, Not even close, but... Yeah, so t tell me about... Um, you've, you've probably raced so many different places. Mm -hmm. Um what what is some of your favorite tracks and you know why are they the favorite right. for you? So my recent favorites are a couple of small tracks, Eagles Canyon and Hallett, mm -hmm. and they're both somewhat close to me in Dallas. I love them, they're flowy, 
They're just really great for my car. There's a lot of turns, not super long straights. Uh, technical enough that, you know, a good driver, it really shows. You know, it's definitely like, you know, not an easy track. They're both are challenging enough. So those two are definitely my current favorites. Um, my very top of the list absolute favorite in the whole world is Barber. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I've heard good things yes. about that. Track. So Barber, and unfortunately we don't do super tours there, which I wish we did. I know there's some challenges with the paddock space there, but Barber's beautiful. Track is amazing. You have a lot of elevation, a lot of turns. Um, just everything about it's beautiful. So that's my favorite. Where's it at? Uh, that's in Birmingham. Okay. Yeah. In Alabama? In Alabama, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just drove through there on the yep. way here. So yep. how about that? Yep. And um, Road America being my home track and... That's always going to be a favorite for me. That's not the first time I was on track, but definitely one of my first big events and, you know, where I first saw race, real, real races happen, you know, the June sprints, and it really got me involved in racing, so. So we were talking on the way over here. You, mm -hmm. said, you said it's probably, you can't even count the number of laps. You've no, I probably road. couldn't tell you how many laps or hours I've had in Road America. It's way more than I can even, oh, even, yeah. That just so, it sounds, it's such it's a been beautiful. been 14 years of racing Road America. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, so I love that track. It's, it's amazing. So what about any tracks that are just not your favorite? <laughs> so also Texas tracks, my not favorites are MSR Houston and Coda. Okay. And Coda being because... In the B spec, the straights are too long. It's just kind of, kind of boring. Yeah. You know, you're kind of, you get in your head too much. You're on the straight too long, and you're just thinking about what you have to do. You know, <laughs> like thinking about the groceries you have to buy. Or, you know what I mean? There's just like there's just too much time on the straights. And the, to me in my car, I feel like the S's are just too sloppy for the car yeah. like it doesn't handle well enough mm -hmm. in the miata it would probably be a lot more fun in the b-spec eh, it's not my favorite track yeah my other not favorite track is msr houston i mean it's just another one of those like it just doesn't flow well with the car I yeah just, you know i just i've had some good events there it did well i did well in a wrl race it rained and so front wheel drive we kind of dominated That's so great. it was great but um yeah not my favorite track so how many how many races do you try to get to throughout the year? So we try to do pretty much the complete super tour, excluding like the the West Coast races. You know, I won't we won't travel to California, Portland, but we pretty much do the rest of the super tour that we can. So we definitely always want to hit VIR, Road Atlanta, Road America for sure every year. I mean, those are the ones we definitely go to mm -hmm. that I that I race for sure. Um, so I try to do. Maybe six, eight races a year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, sounds... then we like some of the regional ones, like the ARC that's here in November. Okay. You know, that's an amazing race. We love it because it's, it's well attended, but it's a regional. So So the, most of the races, that all the races I've done except for one, have been sprint races, which mm -hmm. means they're shorter. Yeah. Um, have you done any longer races? I have. So the Mazda 2... Used to have a class in WRL racing, in the GP4 class. They've now eliminated it. But um, the cool thing was that with my gas tank and the fuel mileage, I could go over two hours before a pit stop. <laughs> so for enduro racing, it was a really great car. Yeah. You know, you could consistently do decent lap times and just go forever before you have to do a, you know, a fuel and a driver change. So uh, pretty much every WRL race I did, I podiumed. So. Oh wow, that's yeah, great. Now, in, in those situations, uh, they're always they're always longer. Is that right? Always longer race. They're like eight hours. And you're always day. rotating with drivers. Uh -huh. Typically, do like four drivers 
in a, something like that, maybe three or four. Just a couple hours so, each. A couple hours each, yeah, two-hour stints in my car. So, so I have to, um, something I've learned that, um, you know, if there's an issue with the car, it, it's kind of unfortunate for the drivers at the end. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what about, um, tell us about any particularly memorable uh, either, like, wins. Or maybe yes. not a win, just like, hey, I, I ended up passing, you know, most of the field. I <laughs> sure. Yeah. I do actually have a really memorable win. Um, two years ago, my dad was suffering from a pretty severe brain tumor. He had surgery to try to remove it. He never fully recovered. He was in the hospital for many months. Um, we ended up pulling life support on him the Thursday before the cat majors at Road America. I decided, I was in town, of course, you know, mm -hmm. seeing my father in Milwaukee area and, and decided to race anyway. You know, he had just passed Thursday. We were headed to Road America when he had passed. I wasn't at the hospital. Um, decided to race anyway. Uh, podium, second place on Saturday, and I won on Sunday. So wow. it, was, it was really like a, I'd have to say, I was just motivated. Like, I had to do that for my dad. Yeah, so, that's amazing. I mean, I just... I, that's all I could think about was like, I have to win this for my dad. And, and it was hard, you know, it was a hard weekend. And, but I mean, what else would I do? I'm not going to just drive home and not yeah. race. Right. Like I can't change what happened. He had passed. I knew he was going to pass for some time. Like mm -hmm. the timing was bad, but at the same time I was already in town. We were up there to go race, you know, road America and well, it screw like it. A, I'm going to race anyway. A, you know, a, like the car is here. I'm here. I can't change what happened, so I'm just gonna and you, go in. And you pulled out the <laughs> and I won, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. And second place was my fiance right behind me. Oh and he gosh, pushing me up the front straight, and we <laughs> we ended up finishing. It was me, him, and third place. So it was it was like almost a photo finish at the end, but wow. I did end up winning the Sunday race. So. That's that yeah. is awesome. Um, yeah. So what about maybe some some heartbreakers? I mean, we've all. I mean, in the short two years that I have raced, yeah, um, you know, about six or seven races. Um, each year, I've had a, a couple of hubs completely go out, and I couldn't finish uh, right. Coda. And I've had um, transmission go out, and I couldn't finish Eagles Canyon. Mm -hmm. And then also at Coda last year, um, I got rear-ended at the end of a straight, and it flipped the car. Oh yeah. So um, everyone has bad luck. It's just part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just part of yeah. it. So. Um, what are some of the things that have happened for you that are like just unbelievably? Well, how did, how could this possibly happen to me? Oh, so the runoffs last year in Indianapolis, two years ago, I guess it yeah. was Indianapolis. So, and I luckily didn't, we were planning on building the new car for then, and luckily I didn't. I still had driven my old car and qualifying session one, corner one, I spun out, got rear ended, got my front end hit, I ended up going to medical. The car was just smashed. I mean, she was pancake. You know, the rear end was just pancake, and I felt bad because the mini behind me, he, he had. I don't even know if he finished the race. Like he had pretty good damage too. Yeah. Well, didn't even think about it. I had stickers on the rear. Didn't think about it. I didn't warm the tires enough. Come into corner one, super hot, and just spun around. Yeah. So, it's just one of those things where like coming from Spec Miata, we always sticker the whole car, sticker tires, you know, every session, qualifying, yep. race session. Didn't even think about it, put stickers on the whole car. When I should have put old worn-in tires, front-wheel drive cars, you know, you don't get any heat whatsoever in the rear. Yeah. You know, and I didn't, 
I didn't get enough heat. I didn't warm them up enough and didn't think about it and just lost control between corner one and two. Wrecked the car, you know, and just, it was bad. Went to medical. But we ended up, I mean, we fixed it. The team got it together and I raced it. You know? it it's amazing what they can be done in between sessions yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Now with the runoffs... You essentially have a day between sessions. You do. You have so much time. So luckily, you know, the crew got it straightened enough that, I mean, it was crab walking when I was driving. <laughs> you know, the rear end was, she wasn't great, but it, it finished the race. And I think I even finished on the board at Indy. I think I finished like 39th or something. Oh, nice. I saw my car number on there okay. when I finished. So I'm like, okay, that was my goal. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a competitive car anymore, but at least, like, I can finish on the top. There's always something. You know, to, there's some kind yeah. of win that you yeah. can go for, right? Yeah. So do you find that, oh, I was going to mention, to Indy, the same year. Yeah. I had an incident, and I got lucky, but the guy who hit me did not get lucky. Yeah. So I, it was turn four or something like that. I was going out wide. I'm still adjusting mm -hmm. to a front-wheel drive car. Mm -hmm. I've always dri driven real, real. Yeah. And so usually when you start to go... You start to go out too far, you let off the gas in a rear wheel, but in the front wheel, you just keep it floored. Right. And, I mean, I, I couldn't have done it any worse. As soon as I hit the dirt, I let off on the gas, yeah. and then it just spun spun me right in the middle of traffic. And um, some, some car in another class mm -hmm. that were just out there practicing with us, he T-boned my passenger door, which really doesn't do you know, no, right. no damage to me, but it ended their whole season like oh, no. it was not repair whatever it was it was yeah. not repairable um i went over afterward and you know apologized for it um i know it's people who don't race right um you know the way i didn't know this when i started but you were responsible for your costs for the car you're in mm -hmm. whether it's your fault or not right, right. and and then, and sometimes, depending on the situation, if somebody else is, was at fault, they they may try to they may try to help pay for stuff like that. That just depends on the scenario. Mm -hmm. But um, and there really isn't insurance for no. race cars. No. So you you've got to be prepared to essentially buy a new race car because mm -hmm. anything can happen on a yeah, track. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I got I got lucky in that case. Um, the alignment was messed up. But uh, they they fixed the alignment by the by the next session, sure. so that was good. Yeah. Um, what what else? Has, uh, kind of a heartbreaker for you. There was another heartbreaker at the June sprints. I want to say it was two June sprints ago. Um, it was doing really well. I was on track to have a podium finish at June sprints. I think I was in fourth at the moment. I was chasing down third, and and I knew I had something for third. Well, I had been bump drafting third place for so long that I cooked the motor. Oh. I just, I had no clean air. I mean, it was lap after lap after lap of me just pushing this car in front of me and just bump drafting and, you know, good race. But I never, like, let off enough to get some clean air and cool the car down, so. And I know what my crew chief would have said. He didn't, he would have said, just do it, mm -hmm. you know. Drive till the motor is done, you know. Like, he never would have told me to slow down and, you know, back off or anything because that close to... Yeah. You know, I had I had it so close in my sights that like he's like he didn't care. He was like I would have told you to do the same. Like just stay right there. Car's overheating, just keep driving it till it stops. And that's basically what I did. And I 
and I come through corner five and I'm like, something's not right. And I come up the hill and I had nothing. And I just parked it up by the corner station, by the corner workers at six. And I'm making contact with them, telling them, you know, I'm okay. I just, car's dead. Car's dead. You know, I sat there and I'm watching the race go by. And I just, I actually teared up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little emotional, you know, because I love Road America. Yeah. I love June sprints. And yeah, it was emotional. It was, but you know, it, it happens. It's racing. You know, it was kind of my fault. I should have, you know, like I had no clean air. I was on the bumper of the car in front of me like forever. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you, you, you've raced. What about any of your family? And you, you said you had a group of friends. Anybody yeah. in your family No, race? I'm the only one in the family. So, really? Yeah, yeah. So are your friends the ones that kind of got you into it? Mm-hmm. Are they, are you racing with them? Are they still in the sport? No, they've long, they don't, I don't have any contact with them. They don't race so much anymore. They were mostly just regional up mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. So So what are your plans for the future? Continue B-Spec, do something else. So what, what do you, what do you want to do? So I have to say the thing with the B-Spec I love, it has power steering and ABS. Mm-hmm. And the Spec Miata did not have that. And without me, so when I ran Spec Miata, I hired a personal trainer to make sure that I was fit enough to get in the Spec Miata. And I've tried to race it since I've raced the B-Spec. And I love that car. But I think if I go any in any other class outside of B-Spec, it's got to have power steering and ABS. I'm just kind of spoiled in that way of, you know, I don't get exhausted halfway through the race. Yeah. So, um, I mean, any of the touring classes look awesome, you know. I like to stay in a Mazda. Okay. Like, I love Mazda and, you know, um, any of the newer Miata models would be kind of my future if, you know... I find I get bored of B-Spec or kind of, you know, doesn't have its, hopefully it grows like we want it to, but yeah. if for some reason the class doesn't grow as much and definitely I would veer towards, you know, a newer model Miata and something, something that, you know, isn't as tough to drive the spec Miata, but yeah. still is just as much fun. So, so what, what kind of, you know, I, I love racing. It's fun. I love the competitive nature, but I'm so new yeah. that I get excited by just beating my time from the last time yeah. I was on the track. And, you know, you've been on, you rode America countless times. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what kind of keeps you going uh, from, you know, race to race and season to season? Yeah, I mean, definitely trying to beat my best lap time. You know, I, I'm getting really quick in the car, but I'm still, every race, I'm still off pace of the leader. You know, I'm not close to lap records. I'm not close to, I'm typically a second or two off the leaders, right? So I'm still pushing pushing the boundaries of, you know, breaking a little bit deeper, taking a corner a little bit faster, you know. So definitely it's still that my own personal best. You know, that's what I'm always trying to be is my personal best. So. Yeah. So um, I have to ask because um, I think there are far fewer females mm-hmm. in racing than there are males. Yep. Um, has that has that created some challenges for you at all? Um, not especially. I think, so I think, Within the racer group, every racer has pretty much accepted me and, you know, been cool. Like, the car doesn't know it's a female, right? Mm-hmm. Outsiders seem to think, well, oh, there's a ton of sponsorship money for women. And, you know, that's actually not the case. You know, it's kind of hard for women to yeah. get involved. I mean, there's nothing, there's not a lot of programs that are specifically geared towards getting women into racing. There's a couple, which is good. I've seen more recently, which is I'm glad to see there was definitely not much of that when I started, mm-hmm. you know, so really it was just, if 
find a good paying job where I can, you know, make a lot of money and pay for my racing. Um, from the female side of it, I haven't had a lot of, um, you know, I haven't had any driver interactions that really, you know, that nothing that's memorable that's, oh, because you're a female. Right. You know? Like I said, the car doesn't know. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, really, people are surprised. You know, we go out in public and I wear my Mazda jacket and people are like, oh, you know. <laughs> do you work for a team? I'm like, no, I race. Like, here's my car. I show the picture. Like, yeah. they're like, whoa. <laughs> so, actually, so, there was a there was a man I met at the gas station. He was or at the grocery store, and he was standing in front of me in line with his son, and he saw my jacket, and he was asking me because he knew he was going to come out this weekend, and and he said, oh, what team are you on? I showed him a picture of my car. He's like, oh, okay. And so I've seen him on the golf cart, and I'm oh. waving at him, and they've been kind of rooting for me. This That's weekend. awesome. So it's pretty cool to you know go out in public and find spectators and that are coming to the track and <laughs> I did something so um I did something I don't know if it's silly or not but um two years ago my very first race was at Homestead mm-hmm. in Florida and I didn't know I you know I was my first race so yeah it was a very small field yeah and I, I got lucky and I didn't even know it was a last lap Mm-hmm. I passed somebody on the last corner on the last lap to go across the checker in fifth place. And for Mazda, mm-hmm. up to fifth place, or they, they pay a little bit yeah. of money. I didn't know any of this. And the way they do it is they send you a, a Mazda like credit card. Yeah. And um, I was using that at a grocery store, <laughs> and I didn't think anything of it, mm-hmm. um, but the lady asked me that I was buying the food from or whatever, she goes, Oh, do you do you work for Mazda? And I was like, Well, I'm a driver, and this was prize money. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I, I I guess I'm officially kind of professional. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Right. But yeah, we're definitely SCCA is definitely amateur, mm-hmm. but um, there are manufacturers like Mazda mm-hmm. who will pay money if you finish high enough with their car. Mm-hmm. So which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, what about somebody who wants to start mm-hmm. right now, yeah. given the environment and what's available to them, how would you say they should start? So they should not be um, discouraged by going into a low horsepower class first. I say something like B-Spec or Spec Miata mm-hmm. is definitely where you want to cut your teeth. Even if your dream is to race a Camaro or a Mustang or a Corvette, start with something with low horsepower because it's going to force you to go fast. Instead of starting out in a car that's already fast, you're not going to, I feel like your driver's skill is not going to, you know, you're not going to be proficient at it like you would maybe in a low horsepower momentum class. Um, Find a cheap car, you know, B-Specs are cheap. You can get them under $10,000 and then go through a driver's school. There's lots of driver's schools all over the country and I think they usually uh, happen around April, May mm-hmm. a lot of times. So this is the time of year to go through driver schools and get a competition license. Um, and really, so uh, for me, what I did is I did a lot of race staffing. I corner worked before I was like, I got the nerve up to get in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew I wanted to be involved in racing. I loved, I loved the weekends, but I still was like, I didn't know anything. You know, I didn't know what the flags meant. I didn't know what the terms were, you yeah. know, I didn't know what alignment was on a car, things like that. So I just, you know, corner worked and volunteered and, and it gave me a lot of exposure to, you know, what the corner workers see and a lot of just, you know, front view, you know, 
you're dealing with the flags, you're making calls, you know, things like that. Um, so that really made me comfortable in the racing world and kind of watching a lot of what how people shouldn't take corners, how they should take corners. Yeah. You know, so it was basically like a lot of free experience yeah. by standing on the sidelines and knowing that I was helping the club too because I was volunteering my time, you know, in corner working and, and or helping on grid or doing whatever. Yeah. You know, so... I felt good with myself at the end of the day because I'm like, okay, well, I just, you know, had the whole day at the racetrack and volunteered my time. And now I'm like understanding, you know, what happens to cars under black flags and things like that. So once, you know, once I finally went to driver school, it was like a no brainer, like, you know. And also work on the flags. I've not worked flags before, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you probably have a much deeper appreciation and even visibility to the flags because you know what it was like Absolutely. to throw those flags. Absolutely. Yeah, you know what the corner workers are going through and you know you know what they see and what they don't see and Yeah. You know, and you really understand the true meanings of the flags. Yeah. You know, and, and things like that. So the yeah. hand signals and you know. Yeah, I'm still I mean I, I know the flags, but it's it's not deeply intuitive type information where right, right. I have an automatic reaction to them. I have to yeah. think a little bit mm-hmm. for that. So, well, I appreciate, you know, yeah. spending your time with me and sharing yeah, your information. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I miss being out there racing with you guys. So yeah. hopefully I get out there next year yeah. and I still plan to go to many of the races. I like doing these interviews and being at the track and getting to know all the racers. Um, so, um, maybe I'll continue to do that. And I, Maybe you'll win June sprints this yep. year. Definitely on my radar. Awesome. <laughs> I want to awesome. do that for sure. So. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. I want to thank you for listening or watching Drive to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope that we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. I absolutely love hearing from you, and I promise I'll personally respond to every comment, every question, and every request. If you want to connect, start with our website, driventocompete.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Whether you reach out or not, please like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, go kick some ass.